you didn't know. Your ass, your ass better call somebody. It's me. It's me. That big old KG. And I'm running with the D-O-N once again. On that sad tour, D? That's some horrible rhyming right there, but hey, I had to put it in there. <laughs> What's up, man? Nothing much, man. I've been working on that all week, though. Hey, man. I- I'm happy you did. That was great. That was great like Tony the Tiger. <laughs> and speaking of great, great Survivor Series that uh, we get to talk about this uh, lovely Saturday along with um, the post-show for Survivor Series on the Raw and SmackDown side of things. So there's some interesting relations that uh, happen in in between those three shows. But more importantly, for the viewers listening at home, even though you're not really viewing, KG and myself in the standings for Survivor Series are tied one-to-one. Why? Because once again... He was jumping on the bandwagon and picking some of the same picks I did. So it led to a tie. Cheaters never prosper, sir. Cheaters never prosper. Didn't have to cheat. <laughs> it was just the way the cards fell. I was like, yeah, might as well go with that one. So I'm going to go down uh, Survivor Series for the recap in the order that um, we, we did the picks in. And then we could just talk about the craziness that ensued. And you might as well talk about really what I'm calling the match of the night. And that is Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. Baddest chick versus nature chick. One-on-one for you, Nintendo. And in the beginning, I had uh, put notes that was looking to be more so a pure wrestling match throughout the course of the first I wouldn't really, I don't want to call it segment, but I will call it portion of the match. Charlotte landed a, a six spear that, to me, I thought it was edge. She was channeling her inner edge because she just darted, lawn darted herself onto Ronda. Uh, and then shit just went crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, if you're going to do the kendo stick, why not? I'm down with it. You just pan it back for Becky. And then. She went old school ECW. I thought she was a Sandman or something, or she just thought that Ronda Rousey uh, looked like anybody else other than a, a performer. It's like somebody wronged her dad or something. She just wanted to beat him down. I don't know what the hell was going on, but she was wailing on Ronda Rousey. I mean, I could see the wealth. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be ugly on Monday. And then after that, natural selection on the chair. And then did the old-fashioned neck chair spot, for lack of a better term. I don't know what the proper terminology is for we're going to throw your head between this chair and step on it. But, you know, we had that happen. I mean, it went from a wrestling match to a, a TLC match, and Ronda Rousey kind of disappeared. And I thought that was Tommy Dreamer taking a beat down from Raven. So I was like, man, this turned south real quick. Are we going to get the dirtiest woman in the game now? Or is it what the commentators were saying that Charlotte didn't quote unquote think she could beat Rhonda. So she just went ahead and just beat Rhonda. You tell me. Mm. 
Well, I'm going to say this. You called it. You said that it was coming. And she was going to turn into it. And she went heel once again. Hashtag give Don a chance. You called that too. You said that, that it was going to come. But she was going to turn heel. And everybody should be scared in my opinion. I agree. But I'm curious about how this is going to affect the landscape with Becky. Because are they just going to do the old-fashioned and whitewash out what happened for the last three months with Becky versus Charlotte and their beef? And now all of a sudden you're parlaying pre-WrestleMania, pre-Superstar shakeup into the four horsewomen? Because remember when we talked about that before, it's like how are you going to insert the four horsewomen if Charlotte and Becky are beefing? Now that we've got heel Charlotte, We've got heel Becky. Superstar Shakeup puts Bailey and Sasha Banks on the same card. You have the four horsewomen, horsewomen setting up for Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, and Shayna's uh, two friends. Or you could do Shayna Baszler, Sonya Deville, and somebody else to create another faction, and that could be two four-and-four four elements right there. So you could have a couple dominance wars on pay-per-views over which group is the true four horsewomen. Mm. I had to, you know, take it from where we are potentially now forward. That is a possibility. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Becky is no longer hooked up to concussion uh, treatments and stuff like that at the doctors, or as she called it on, on Twitter, doctor jail. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I'm just, uh, I kind of, once you said it was going to happen, I kind of knew it was going to happen, but I'm just, I'm wondering, where, like you say, where could you go? And we could go that route I just talked about, but we could also go the other route. It's all about when Becky is coming back to, to lay out what it is. Because you need a dominant heel. So Charlotte's going to play the dominant heel on SmackDown in lieu of Becky. Got that. Even though it, could, it also could be an opportunity for somebody else to step out into that role on SmackDown and become the dominant heel as well. Or to, to, to grow a little bit more in their character. So an uh, Oscar heel turn could have been really cool. One that nobody would ever expect, ever expect. But she would have the potential, if the promos are right, to pull it off because you couldn't argue with her. Her prowess in the squared circle would be a Naomi heel turn. Can you imagine Naomi heel turning and she comes out with the glow and she's starting to step and the next thing you know, she just throws down a coat and just walks down and don't even look at the fans. Just, you know, she's not even wearing anything as they go. She's wearing all black. You know, mm. kind of like she went to Hollywood. Her heel turn, and then you partner her back up with the Usas, so she would be the women's championship. They would be the tag championship. That, that's, a, that's a serious setup right there for the, the, the Samoan dynasty is what I would call their faction. Just this straight-up Samoan dynasty. And who else would be good in the Samoan dynasty as the, the, the TV champion or the world champion? Samoa Joe. 
Mm. That would be a that'd be a foursome right there. And if we're booking it, Naomi will come down with each one as the valet and still have the women's championship at the same time. So just picture that her in the corner, you know, cheering on Samoa Joe, doing a, the, the the heel leg grab or whatever it is, distracting the ref into the coquina clutch. I mean, all kind of stuff could be happening with a, a Naomi Uso heel turn. That'd be that'd be excitingly entertaining. But, you know, that's a whole other story. <laughs> the thing is, I can see it. That's a whole other story right there. I'd love to see it. But that, that's something that we can, we can do after January and, and see what happens in the Women's Royal Rumble and how that plays out. Because that would also free up other people to have opportunities like a Mandy Rose or uh, a Carm- Carmella or something. that You could do more. So give Divas a chance or more divas a chance would probably be what would uh, hashtag in the midst of all that. But you and I both picked Ronda to win because Becky wasn't there. Right. So that was a, a, a tie on that one. And then, like I said, on the flip side, originally, <laughs> originally, you had Ronda to win anyway. So I'll give you that. And I had Becky because we knew Becky was going to win. We kind of figured Becky was going to win. We didn't, we weren't figured, sure. Figured. She she was winning the the Twitter war. I can tell you that much. Yes. Yeah, this, <laughs> this was uh, politics. She was winning the popular vote for sure. I, I can agree with that. And she still is winning the popular vote. Those Becky chants are through the roof right now. Next up on the list, Daniel Bryan v. Brock Lesnar. I had one note on that whole match. And when I say it, I want you to just take a moment and think about this, and then I want you to tell me what you think. You ready? Yeah. Even though he lost, the only note I had on that match was rope-a-dope. Mm. Indeed. Indeed. I wish Daniel Bryan would have won that because, man, could you imagine – how his promo would be if he just came out and said, I'm the Ali of this. <laughs> I took what Brock had to offer for 15 minutes and kicked the shit out of him with my knee. One, two, three. Ali Boumaye. He couldn't say that, though, because they probably uh, beat his ass, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but something to that effect, you know, would, would put him over extra. But that's all I said. I was like, wait a minute. He's taking a beat down. I mean, I know that they're not going to let the match be scripted that way. Because you could see, and it worked so well, because the fans were even chanting, not again, this is the normal, here we go. You know, all different types of things in the midst of that. But then, bam, once it hit, and all I saw, man, I was like, oh, geez, Brock, you just became foreman. Really? Really? Is this a thriller? At Survivor Series? And he just kept coming, and Paul Heyman's facial expressions was just telling the tape. He went from, oh, you just caught that L, you're about to. And I know I called for 10 suplexes, but we got the seven. You know, you caught all seven of those, and that was it. It's done. Just finish them so we could go home. And nope, it became a match. Well, well, well planned out. I was happy that it went in that direction. That was amazing. But rope-a-dope is all I had, man. 
Well, I, I know I got it written down in my notes. Uh, ten suplexes. I, I was, I kind of sort of hoped you would have got the ten suplexes because I don't see many people getting taken to Suplex City awfully uh, often enough. So, I was hoping that uh, we were gonna get those ten suplexes. So I figured, you know, that way he and um, John Cena would have a little bit more to compare and and talk about. I was like, well, you know, I went to Suplex City ten times. What about you, Cena? <laughs> so. You know, that had been a, a great Thanksgiving conversation that they could have had, you know, with uh, the Bellas. Because I still think John Cena is secretly with Nikki. But that, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Because, again, how do you follow John Cena? I don't know. That's, well, she may have to – she only got one option, really. I don't want to say it. But, you know, it could be somebody that may be a little darker – and a rapper, just fill in the blanks with anybody. That's about the only direction she can go. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, because where do you go from there, man? You know, like, God bless. You know, that's, that's John. As much money as that man had, you know, he just got cars. Just for no reason, just cars. Then he goes to the car show to buy cars, just for no reason. Then he learns Mandarin. Just because he wanted to. He's on the plane, hanging out with Jackie Chan. And I'm like, who you used to date? Um, like, no, I, I got to leave. Can't do that, man. I don't know what to tell you, sister. Uh, that's not happening. I don't know. She's going to be single for a while. Mm. Better hope she ain't get single. She may have a shot. Happy <laughs> <laughs> about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. That, that took a, a left turn. But really, you got to think about that, though. Can you really follow John Cena? That's a big shoes. I mean, she could do a little bit better. I mean, less money. Dude, he was on a Today Show as a host. Well, I, I mean, it's she could do better. Choice Awards. I, I, I know somebody with a little bit less money. His T-shirt is hanging in my room. But, you know, better looking. Run, you know, one of the co-hosts of one of the hottest podcasts on Anchor. I mean. Yeah, true. Got, I, I do have a shot, but oh no! I was talking about, about me. I was talking about me. I figured you wasn't going to mention your name, considering that Nia Jax, Ember Moon, and pretty much everybody else you're crushing on will really beat the crap out of you if you yeah, were Bella. See, that's the thing, though. I go Bella to get close to my crush. See, what I'm saying. Okay, I respect that. See, at least, at least you in the ballpark at that point. Yeah. See, I, 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 if once I get my foot in the door, it's over. Just tell her, like, look, baby, I'm just one backstage segment away. Trust me. <laughs> one backstage segment away from breaking up Ember Moon's marriage, and it's you and her. Because we know Nia's single, so you just got to be strong enough, like she said, to just pick her up and toss her around. Like, well, Easy. Right, I'm down with that. Easy. Like, no, Easy. Hey, what happened to your neck? Oh, he gave me an F5. I That's love it. him. That's it. <laughs> See? All right, we just took a right turn out of nowhere. So I don't know what the heck's going on in, the, in this week. Man. <laughs> it must be something in the Thanksgiving Kool-Aid. I don't know. That's the breakdown of how I will get Nia Jax. Yep, he's going to get with uh, Nikki Bella and parlay that into one backstage segment away. I'm down with that, man. I'd ship it. We have to figure <laughs> out what your nickname would be or something, but... Uh... Uh, I don't know, Nia G or something. I don't know. Hey, that would be 
K-Jack, something like that. That that would be fine. Yeah, make it a good T-shirt. I got my boo. My wife mad as hell. <laughs> I got my boo. <laughs> That's the whole T-shirt right there. All right, so speaking of getting some, we did not get the uh, victory that we were looking for. So we both picked uh, Shinsuke Nakamura to beat Seth Rollins because of an interference from Dean Ambrose, which we didn't get, which I thought was pretty interesting, that they didn't have that play into the match at all. I mean, they talked about it, they alluded to it in the commentary, but I was like, well, where's, where's Dean? Is that going to be running? What's happening? Nothing. So it was just a straight-up match, and I was shocked that Nakamura got the, the nod to win. Mm. Now, that shocked the hell out of me, too. Because I, I, I just, but... Uh. I just, I just, I, I saw it happening totally different. You know, even if it wasn't a run in, uh, Dean was going to show up on 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 a Titantron. Right. Something, yeah. <laughs> Something to get him off his game. And then, you know, you got a schoolboy pin, wrapped him up. It's over. One, two, three. Right. Something. But what I will say is that that uh, augmented reality graphic for Seth Rollins. That was the best one of the night. I mean, it was just sick the way they had to burn it down and all that stuff uh, above the ramp, but then you just pan down into it. That's some stuff I would do on a WWE 2K19 or 18 intro. I mean, that was hot. They need to put that augment reality opportunity into the game, and that would really let me – that's probably another hour's worth of timing to get set up, but I would love to do something like that. I, I did appreciate that. So then from there, um, we have the Raw versus SmackDown women's traditional Survivor Series match where you actually caught your first win of the evening, and that was because your team of Raw beat my SmackDown team. And I really don't know what the heck was going on in that match (laughs) because, first of all, the first thing I thought was Alexa Bliss's outfit was hot. That was just straight up. That started the whole night right there. I'm like, well, that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing. If Raw loses, Alexa Bliss's outfit was hot. If they win, it's because she got a, you know, had a great headset and, you know, when she was talking and that matched her outfit and she was all shiny at the desk. She had the little jacket when she was killing it. Now you go, girl. You go. <laughs> And you know what was more important? The next note I had, and I know you're going to laugh because I've been talking about it about four times already. Tamina looked much better wearing a T-shirt. I don't know if you peeped that, but he came out with a T-shirt like, thank God she is not in a straight jacket. And <laughs> she looked, she scared me when she came out. I'm like, you go, girl. Mm. You go. And you know something funny? What's that? <laughs> You talk about Alexa Bliss. Uh, I haven't seen Alexa Bliss wear anything that didn't look good on her. But, hey, that's another story for another time. We're going to keep it moving. Well, you got to think about it, though. She's come a long way from being um, the, uh, the the Harley Quinn look. You know, when she first came in, she really is what Liv Morgan looks like now, just with the straight hair. I mean, with the Harley, the, the pinned-up hair. It's almost like the same mirror image picture of concept, truthfully. But 
from that to Alexa Bliss, and I know it's crazy because I was Alexa Bliss then, but I'm saying from the Harley Quinn look to what we have now to Alexa Bliss, it's, it's, it's pretty hot and, and a big changeover. And I like to see the transition. Again, Tamina needs the same transition, but that's a whole other story. But she was different, and I'm happy with that. We talked about um, how it possibly could go negative for the Raw team with uh, between Natalia and Ruby Riot, which they did play that out, and they end up not being in the match. So we got the uh, slot in of Bailey and Sasha, and we also had um, uh, a little bit of a, a SmackDown thing that slid in as well. So it kind of went interesting in reference to the order. Tamina put out Naomi, which I was like, really? That was kind of quick. Then Carmella took out Tamina, and I was like, really? Okay, but at least she had a T-shirt. And then Mandy took out Mickey, which was like, wow. At first, I was like, well, it wasn't that bad of an elimination. So it's kind of like Mickey was passing a little bit of the torch to Mandy. Not all of it, because Mickey could still go. Then Bailey eliminated Carmella. Then Sasha eliminated Mandy. And then we had the wildest thing ever of Bailey and Sonya double eliminating each other through um, the countout. So that was the sixth and seventh elimination. And that left Nia and Sasha versus Asuka. Then Nia heel turns on Sasha in the match. And Sasha takes the L. And then Nia comes in. And we knew what was going to happen with that. Nia versus Asuka. Yeah, Nia's going to win that one. Hashtag facebreaker. And there you go. <laughs> and she's been playing it up an awful lot the last so two I think weeks. that was a machine that gave, gave her that um that piece of the pie though because i don't think that she's the type of person that really would have put that out there so i think that was a a, a kayfabe slide in you, you know something weird i've been thinking about this week and i i don't i may be wrong i may be looking too far mm-hmm. into it what if she actually didn't hit becky but becky needed some time off or something and this is this really was just a cover up for her to take time that's a off. Big, uh, that's a big knockout. Uh, we know the con. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, and I, I I could see how that could be possible because the contact, even in the slow mo. I mean, I've seen harder hits in slow motion, but it's it's hard. I mean, there's just so much going on. It, it could have been an accident that just worked out, but it, it could not have been. Who knows? She could be sliding out to get married on the. On, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of options Pretty there. Much. That, that could be true, <clears throat> but I hope not, because I want it to be real. Because that, like I said, you don't want it to be a work, and that's the thing that builds your career off of something that they did a workaround on. You really want it to be off of a moment in time that was so real and organic and raw on Raw, pun intended, that <laughs> it really galvanized everything that you've been saying that you were better than Ronda Rousey because that puts you as an equal. Ronda was taking punches like that on a regular and still going. You took a punch like that and still went and finished the show in commanding fashion. That puts you on that same level even though you weren't in a bunch of MMA matches and still allowed things to go forward. So uh, I hope... 
I don't know. I keep, again, I keep saying it. It sucks saying it, but I hope it was real. Um, and that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens again on how that's going to play in. Because I was looking immediately after Charlotte did her heel turn on Twitter for the first 24 hours after to see what type of Twitter reaction Becky would have. And it was smart. I'm hoping that that's who made the call that the WWE said, don't you tweet about this. Let it be what it's going to be. Whatever you do, do it or tweet after Tuesday about anything else. But don't mention this uh, in the context of good job, my girl, my or my dude or whatever she would say since she's the man. <laughs> um, and that was nothing. So I thought that was brilliant. The fact that that kept the, the, the anticipation of SmackDown going. Well, only time will tell yeah. for real. But eh, I, you know what? I agree with you. I hope it's real too. Because if it's real, it like you said. Uh, when well, shoot, a couple of days after it happened, it's only gonna build up the legend of Becky yep. Lynch. The same way Stone Cold being cut open against Bret Hart, not tapping out to the sharpshooter. Same exact mm-hmm. way. Same way Triple H finished the match after his uh, injuries. That, that that's on that same level. That's just straight up old fashioned wrestling cred that she got. You know, she got that pat on the back. Good job. That that everybody wishes they could get. I know it happened from Vince and all the the the, the old guard. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't get a call from Stone Cold and Taker and The Rock and everybody saying damn good job on what you did, how you took it, and how you finished the match. Great TV. You can't write that stuff. That Again, 10 years from now, when they do you know, the best moments of Raw, it's on there. Guaranteed. And there'll be people will be talking about it, just like the big show was on uh, Bubba Ray's um, radio show talking about it. I mean, you, you have no choice. It was that dynamic. And speaking of dynamic, Let's talk about another female whose name I still have to find out about. It's the female that tackled the hell out of Enzo Amore <laughs> as he was reliving his past WWE days, talking about bada boom, realest dude, and oh, God, this chick is snatching me up <laughs> in the room. That was, that was crazy. I don't know if that is a work or if he just that stupid. I don't know. I think he just an invasion of him just sitting in a front row throughout the entire thing would have been great if he's on TV camera side with the sign. He's not doing anything wrong. He bought a ticket. They can't remove him. He could have a sign that says realest dude in the room. If they take the sign and you just have another one that says Rocky rock. I mean, something, what, what you going to keep taking signs from me? You know, he could have been sign guy. That's what I would have done. But to, to kind of hijack it or photobomb it, eh, I don't know. So if it was a work, what would that have and what would that mean for 205 Live? Because that's what he showed up and did his thing, was doing the, the 205 Live championship match. But then I also heard about him getting kicked off an airplane. And then we also, not that I was really looking to care, Wondering what happened with this alleged 
charge and, and case that he was having a reference to some sexual connotations that was not warranted. So what's happening? You know, is he in a good frame of mind? What in the world's going on? So I don't know. The, the jury is still out on that one. But there was no reference to it or anything like that from WWE. So I think they may have just kicked him out the building and not took him in the back and whooped his ass and then kicked him out the building. I don't know. But see, that was the question I had. Did he buy a ticket? Okay. If he bought a ticket, you he legit. You can't put yeah. him out. But once you saw it, I guess from their perspective, they knew he would be a distraction to a pay-per-view. And Vince will play around with that. You'll mess with Vince's money. Because remember, that's the same thing that got him kicked off of um, uh, the, the, the Raw anniversary show. Had he have come and said, hey, look, this is a situation – uh, it's not true, which he could have said. It. We don't know what if it's true or not, but I just wanted to let you guys know he still would have performed on the show and have been good. He was denied. No, no, nothing. But when attorneys start calling, saying, yeah, we're looking for this guy because we have some legal issues, first thing they think is, hold up. We're not having another Chris Benoit. We're not having another, um, what's his name, the the, the dancer guy. I'm uh, the the rosebud. It's it just just had it in my brain and just slipped it out. But you know what I'm talking about. You know he was pre, no way Jose. Um, begins with an A. But we're not having that situation again with domestic situations. They 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 purge and remove themselves from that. So it's pretty much like he just did the same thing all over again by causing a disruption to a planned event at a major time period at a milestone which survivor series is a time milestone every year so not the best idea adam dang it i want to about to say adam cole baby <laughs> it's going to come to me by the end of it i'm like almost there and i know somebody listening like really do you don't remember this but it's going to come to me speaking of enzo though have you seen big chaos lately uh, no i haven't as he fully recovered from his injury? My man looks very, very out of shape. Really? Yeah. I'm wondering if him and Carmelo he, broke up. He looks bad. We can mm, do that to you. I don't know. He looks – he he gained, gained a little weight. He getting a little spare, spare tire around the, uh, the midsection there. Now, Barry Windham had the same thing happen too. And also so did uh, Goldust. So the, the key is just working that back out. But if, if he's just eating the same amount but not working out because of his injury, then obviously that, that'll happen. But muscle memory can kick in, and then he can, you know, get back into shape. I just haven't really uh, found out about the, the status of his injury. Well, but you got the win on that. <laughs> Indeed, I did. Good pick. And then another good pick, even though that was a pick I did, was um, my win, which came at the hands of the Raw men's team over Team SmackDown, which had some seriously interesting moments all throughout the match. It was pretty crazy. First thing is. I put down a note about Samoa Joe and the swagger of when he came down to the ring. 
It's like, damn, that's the baddest dude in the room. <laughs> Joe was just had his little thing. I thought he was going to keep walking and just start the fight on his own. Like, well, that's Samoa Joe. Get it done. But the real story from the, the Raw perspective was Braun and Drew McIntyre not cooperating on who was going to be in the match, who was going to be taking a smart tags and, and moving and transitioning and all that stuff. It was very interesting to see how that was going to play out. Um, and the order of the, 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 the falls to lead to the end was Drew McIntyre eliminates Samoa Joe, which again, I was like, dang it, it's another quick one of somebody I thought was going to be the badass and, and the workhorse. Then Rey Mysterio eliminated Finn Balor, which was a great confrontation. Then Shane eliminated Dolph. Then Braun uh, got his elimination of uh, Jeff Hardy. Then Braun eliminated Rey Mysterio. Then Braun, I guess he thought he was in a Royal Rumble, eliminated The Miz. <laughs> and then the last thing you had was Shane McMahon versus Drew, Braun Strowman, and Bobby Lashley. And The Miz was kind of, you know, cheering Shane on, and, and which I thought was funny, and, and rooting him on as a, a coach or a human pincushion because he's like, yeah, just go ahead and launch yourself over coast to coast on this guy. Try to get over here. Oh, snap. Did Braun just melee you? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> but, I mean, once you got down to the beasts left versus Shane, it's like, yeah, I don't know how much money you got, but that's about it. He could have pulled rank, though, and called some more people to come out. That would have been funny if he would just grab the mic and say, I need some more SmackDown people out here now. And, like, what you going to say? I'm the boss. <laughs> like, you just come on out. And then it just became a whole other match. But Shane caught the L, but it's Shane. You know, he's always going to do something wild and crazy. The elbow off the top rope on Braun through the table was pretty hot. The Miz, with it being in Hollywood, was way over. And everybody popped for the coast-to-coast one by Shane and the coast-to-coast attempt number two by Shane. So that went over really well. So overall, it was a good match. I got my pick. I knew it was going to be a win just because the deck was stacked against SmackDown, period. I don't know what to tell you. There's too many big guys. I give you that. I can't. There's nothing I can say, but, you know, I expected something shady from Shane. Especially if he, it came down to him, like you say, call somebody in the back or just, you know, pretty much get on the mic and be like, you know what? I can have you fired. Go ahead and lay down and let me pin you. Yeah. That would have been cool too. Something like that, you know. That would have put the, the, the real heel heat on Shane, which would have been interesting to finally have Stephanie as a face again. And then Shane takes the, the heel mantle. And just to see how that would turn out. That'll be an interesting scenario to see. Maybe Superstar Shakeup <laughs> would also mean that uh, Shane and Stephanie make switch roles or switch shows. That'd be interesting to see but, how yeah. Stephanie would be when she just all of a sudden called, start calling SmackDown the A show. Mm. Do, do you think that? Uh... Reuniting Shane and Triple H once again. How would that shake out? 
Well, would you reunite Shane and Triple H? That would require Shane to heel turn, and that would be the reinsurgence of the corporation. Just think about that. Them two coming down, promoing, and just running roughshod on Raw, that'd be crazy. That would put Triple H and Stephanie having kayfabe beef. That'd be crazy. Mm -hmm. They'd be feuding. They would show up, you know, at the pay-per-views. You could show them in separate limos and do all kind of stuff to play it up and to really make it seem like something. She could slap them in the face one time and they're married, so it is what it is. So you could get away with that, and we could do so many things uh, to, to, to balance that out. You could have Triple H and Shane pushing Ronda Rousey against Stephanie, and in Stephanie's corner would be Nia Jax, and Nia would interfere. I mean, all kind of things that you could do to really build up the, the switch and the, the face turn of Stephanie for a bit and the heel turn of Shane. You could even have Vince out in there. You can have um, Mrs. McMahon show up, Linda. You could do a lot. I would like to see a lot, but that's, that's, that's uh, another interesting plot scenario. Again, things that can really just freshen up what people aren't expecting to give them something different for a little bit of time. I mean, you know, the road to WrestleMania is hot and heavy. Any and everything can happen at any time. So that, that's one of those opportunities, you know, once we get to April and we get to the next year of WWE programming, where do you go from there? What do you end and what do you begin with the superstar shakeup? And speaking of interesting scenarios, let's talk about the botch move of the night. Didn't come from a superstar, per se. It came from your boy, Drake Maverick. <laughs> I'm not talking about the, the pee on yourself scenario. I thought that was a, a cool little part. I thought it was about the gimmick not working or him not being able to get it because you could clearly see him like, what the hell is he doing grabbing his crotch? <laughs> what is he grabbing? Oh, they're about to do a piss thing. And I called it right then. And they're like, oh, all right, so let's see. And all he could get out was a little drip. And thank God, you know, he was able to get it on the pants. I figured it'd be a little bit bigger of a gimmick device or something that he would have worked out or, or whatever to be able to get it to look a lot more Vince McMahon style versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. I just pissed my pants. I think that would have really went over well, but, you know, it, it just wasn't popping, for lack of a better term, in his pocket, and that's the most we could get out of it. But we did both pick the bar for the win. Yeah. Disappointed in that because I I didn't think I you know what? I don't think AOP, even though they're tag champions on Raw, I don't think that they're in the same league as the no. bar. And that like I said, I was shocked that the AOP got the nod. But again, there was no title involved, so it didn't really matter. So they won the match, but Drake Maverick is not the guy, is not the guy to lead them through. I was happy with Paul Ellering, so I'm assuming that Paul, you know, the things that he has to do, which is understandable, but they need somebody. And truthfully, you know who I think would be a, a good managerial fit for the AOP? And I know it's going to sound crazy, and it'll be a little bit out there. 
oh my extra out there was Mick Foley. <laughs> Just because you would have the dynamic of him playing up three different characters with AOP. So he could run the, the gambit. But, you know, when it's serious, almost like a Finn Balor into the demons, he comes out of Cactus Jack. And he's telling him to maim and destroy, I mean, a TLC match or something like that. That'd be pretty interesting TV to watch, to have Mick Foley manage somebody. Or if you want to give them the superstar run of a, of a Dudley, then I would say Paul Heyman. Or, truthfully, I would even believe Spike Dudley as the manager. But, again, maybe it's just me being biased because all I see is rock star spuds. <laughs> and all the crazy stuff. I'm looking for the bow tie and, and, and all that stuff. And I don't know. I'm waiting for Dixie Carr to tell him what to do again. You know, or, or EC3 to smack him in the face. I'm just... I just can't get past and see him doing anything else. But in that perspective, on 205 Live, I see Drake Maverick. But when he's with AOP, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm looking at something totally different. And it, it, it's, it's a whole other dynamic of understanding. Like, uh, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I could see Spike Dudley because – Whenever I look at Drake Maverick, that's the first person I think of is Spike really? Dudley. Spike Dudley's hardcore. I don't man. know why, but I'll maybe because I don't know they, they just kind of sort of look alike. But the first person I think of, because from afar, you squint your eyes and tilt your head to the right a little bit, you would think that's Spike Dudley just dressed up and shorter. But, yeah, but that's just my opinion, though. I feel you. I feel you. But still, Spike is hardcore. Spike would beat Drake's ass. Just saying. No no doubt in my mind. Red version one. Not even the <laughs> now, speaking of beating some ass, Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali. Murphy won. Good match. We both picked Buddy Murphy, but they could have had a better opponent. Nothing against Mustafa Ali, but it wasn't – every time, especially on a, a night like Survivor Series where it's Raw versus SmackDown, and this is the only thing that is its own brand versus its own brand, they should have stole the show. That should have been, yeah. like, credit to WCW. The Lucha Libre and the Cruiserweight division, when they put them out there first, second, third, fifth, sixth, whatever, them boys went out there, and they were all over the place. And – it, it you know it just sucked in when you knew Dean Malenko was coming out and he was going up against La Parker. It didn't even man it. Uh, you even think about the the style difference. All you saw was a cruiserweight extravaganza when Jericho came out or Eddie Guerrero or Benoit, anybody, even Disco Inferno versus somebody. I mean, you did see some some interesting things and it, it was a spectacle to watch. This one, Buddy Murphy's character, in my opinion, outshadowed Mustafa Ali. I would, I would have rather you take Mustafa out and put in T.J. Perkins. You would have seen a little bit more out of it. It would have been a different flavor, a stronger feel, and, you know, they could have potentially vied for a match of the night. It wouldn't have won because Charlotte locked that in with Ronda Rousey. That was done. 
they, they already conquered. There's nothing else that could have happened that night that would have superseded that. That should have been the end of the night. And I know that sounds crazy, but that, yeah. that really, if we knew that was coming, that should have been the end of the night, period. That should Because everything else was like, uh, even Rock and Daniel Bryan was like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man, but <laughs> yeah, we can't compete with that. But see, the thing is, I'm thinking that they do that on purpose with the women. Because this women's division is, it's you got more top performers than you had in the past, but they are slowly but surely still in the show with their matches. Yeah. And I'm funny. thinking that you know, it's like the, yeah. the the college. I mean, you can watch professional football and NCAA, and you see the clear difference of who is playing for heart versus who's already got a guaranteed million dollar check. Nothing against NFL, but in, in a, as a whole, you can see the difference versus, you know, college football. Them boys run out there on the field in college, man. They ready to go out there. You want me to do what? Okay, coach. I'm going to step on all these fools, do a backflip, go through the uprights, then jump back over the uprights, run back to the quarterback, grab the ball, and then run for the touchdown. I got you. NFL, what the hell you just say you want me to do, coach? I ain't got time for all that, man. I'm just going to run this route, catch the ball, and I think I can make it in the end zone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If not, I still got a million-dollar check coming next month. That's just me. That's, that's, that's just the way I, I, I see it, you know, in correlation to, you know, what's happening on the, the, the men's side of things. It's just that it's so fresh. It's so raw. There's so much that's going on. It's so much emotion and and – it's that intangible thing that you can only get when you're starting something. Ten years from now, we'll be talking about it a little differently. But when you're starting something, it's fresh and it's hot, and everybody's looking forward to what is the next thing. And it's not about – I'm tired of hearing we're making history, even though you are, but we got that part. I want to see what the next thing is. I want to see what is going to be the next evolution of the women's elimination chamber. How many true performers are you going to put in the women's Royal Rumble? Because we've done the – "Quote unquote gimmick, you know, uh, inaugural and 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 what's what I'm looking for? A spectacle of a Royal Rumble for the women, where you had past, present, and future. Got that? Now we need the Royal Rumble for women, where everybody that's coming in is an active performer from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and maybe you could sprinkle in some from the Performance Center for their first moment to just fill it out, which is fine because they're still under contract." So that they're performing and you're building from that. And then you're having those moments and, and it's really a strong performance-based future motion and you don't know who's going to win and who's coming out and what's going to happen type of Royal Rumble like it used to be opposed to now where we have some whoever wins the Mixed Max Challenge, you know, or something, you're going to guarantee number 30. Why the hell are you telling me who's going to be number 30? I want to count it down. Don't tell me Jeff Hardy's number 30. <laughs> like, that's anticlimactic at this point because yeah. how are you going to lead up to Jeff Hardy and we know he's not going to win versus three other people that have lasted. You know, I would rather see whoever wins this, you're number one. I want to win to be number one. But then, all right, that's fine. I'm going to prove myself to be the next Shawn Michaels that go from bell to bell, you know, and, and win that way, that type of thing. So that, that's how I see the women. It's, it's just still raw and fresh and exciting. I'm off my soapbox. 
<laughs> because we only got one match left to talk about, and that is the one SmackDown win as Xavier Woods will continue to drive into the brains of the announce team and everybody else. Because I was shocked on Raw that Stephanie said it was a clean, clean sweep. Like, really? Did we not just establish that uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Division One, which we both picked because, yeah, look who they were going against. Best people on the Raw side was Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Sorry. You know, that was it. That was, that was the anchor versus the Usos, the New Day. That's all you needed right there. You throw in Gallows and Anderson for the strong style, and Sandy and Colognes was just there for show. But, hey, I don't know what to tell you, man. That was Survivor Series in a nutshell. Still, overall, great show. Had a lot of ups and downs, stuff that we weren't expecting, especially the Charlotte thing and the rope-a-dope from Daniel Bryan and the realest crazy dude in the room, Enzo Amore, standing up doing his thing, which was out there but fun to see, especially when you saw what the crowd was actually getting at. And uh, big ups to Greg Miller for having his moments all over Twitter for people looking for him and posting screenshots that they saw Greggy all over Survivor Series and had a moment where Brock told him to shut up, you stupid fuck. <laughs> Part of the language was like, oh, God, that's who he was talking to. <laughs> Good job, Greg. Good job. Um, about Enzo, Enzo had the crowd behind him. And like he's still holding the crowd in the palm of his hand. I don't I don't care if you didn't like his character, which was kind of sort of obnoxious and it was annoying, but he could control the crowd when he came out with that mic. His mic skills were unmatched and he still has that. He can come back. It's just He's going to have to do something that is probably going to be the hardest thing in his life. He's going to have to eat crow. Same thing with CM Punk. You're going to have to take a, a, a nice little whole piece of humble pie and, and go at it from there. You can't come in and negotiate like you have some clout. You don't, especially CM Punk. He's not on the Enzo Amore mm-hmm. screw-up level, but CM Punk is on the I need the WWE machine to put it out there in a way that it doesn't reflect on – somebody cutting in a, a shoot promo that you just got your ass with twice in the UFC and now you back. So it's like, you know, you can't be the best of the world without getting the clearance from Chris Jericho to be the best of the world <laughs> at this moment. Because one thing Jericho always says is I'm the best of the world at what I do. Like, All right, what are you doing now, Jericho? I'm over here doing rock music. On my cruise. All right, then you got a cruise. Okay, we'll, we'll go with you. You in New Japan, reinventing yourself again. Okay, I'm with you. You know, he's, he can back it up. His, his credentials can back it up. Now, That's who should have been the best in the world tournament. That would be an easy win. The, the, the thing is, with Chris Jericho, I heard they're a little upset because he was only supposed to be in New Japan uh, maybe three matches at max. And now he done went over there, and they done fell in love with him and won't let him come back. A, the check is bigger. B, he doesn't have anything. You could be upset, but for what? He's doing the right thing. I don't need to be there because if Chris Jericho is there, how many people is he going to eclipse? And he's in the, in the midst of it. He's either going to eclipse people and they're not going to have a shot, or they're going to put him an hour or two, and that's the best you're going to get, and ruin 
what could be. Now imagine what can be. Chris Jericho comes back over. He's not coming over to just come over and just, oh, Y2J is back. I got some more people to add on the list. He's coming over because guess who also just signed? I heard that Cody Rhodes is back. No, 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 no. We're not having that. I heard that the club is trying to get together with two bosses coming together. No, 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 no. And y'all trying to act like y'all are doing the thing and y'all were the hottest thing in Japan? I'm back. You know, that's what would bring Chris Jericho back. And it would be on that dynamic level. Or, hey, Jericho, we need you to help Randy Orton out. It's going to go back and forth. You're going to win in the end, but we're going to need you to take a couple RKO's and really give him somebody to play upon to build his character again to that level of deviant viper that strikes out of nowhere and strikes fear and legend killer status and stuff like that. We're going to need that. We're going to need you to help get him over like you've done continuously with everybody you work with. That is is something. But he doesn't have to go. They can be mad all they want. For what? I don't need you. I'd go to TNA right now and then do one day and blow that up so that way when you buy it, then it's an even bigger viable brand. If he comes back, he also goes straight to TNA. I mean, not TNA, uh, NXT. Why not? Do some shows on NXT and show those boys. Can you imagine Chris Jericho versus EC3 and NXT? Jericho versus Aleister Black. Them flipping all over the place. Jericho versus, oh, my God, the promos. Before I even say it out my mouth, I know it would be amazing. Velveteen, Dream versus Chris Jericho. And Velveteen would come out with his own Ralphus. <laughs> oh, my God. Those two could do some stuff back and forth between each other. That would just be through the roof. He could take Jericho from his entire career in looks and, and how Velveteen Dream would do his outfits. I mean, it would be so much fun. So Jericho doesn't need to come over. Neither is Cody Rhodes. <laughs> no, because Cody Rhodes has made a huge name for himself on this indie circuit. And I, I just I, – every time – I go to look at news or I try to, you know, catch the glimpse, glimpse of a match. They talk about mm-hmm. Cody and they're showing something about him and this whole American nightmare. I'm, I'm just loving it, man. Nah. He took control of what he wanted himself yeah. to be. And that's all WWE had to do. Let him take control. Now, what I will say is I think 2019 is the year that Kenny Omega needs to come over. Because Y2J is putting on so much of a, a, a power clinic over there that that has freed up Omega from needing to carry a lot on his plate. And I think he can come over for a limited engagement, not too much, because if they put him on too much too long and sign him for a long contract, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. And I don't think that they're going to book it right enough for the status that he is truly at. But if you give him a limited engagement thing and have him do certain run-ins and and stuff like that, that would make sense. I think 2019 is time for him to slide in. That's just me. 
but I think it's time. Can, can, can we stamp that and uh, book It'd it? Be nice. I wish we could. Who knows? Once again, Road to WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, not too far away. Anything can happen as long as they better not screw us over in a Royal Rumble and, and have just some gimmick people come in and they're just there. No offense, but really, we need the Royal Rumble again with real surprise. The last good one that we had was real surprise when AJ showed up. Uh, you say gimmick people. You got the blue meanie running down and Stevie Richards. <laughs> and I'm a meanie fan. I was happy he did a dance and the Stevie kick. I was happy I saw it. But no, y'all need to get out. We need the same thing with the women. We need the strong Royal Rumble like it used to be where everybody, you know, was the, the, the strong top performer. Everybody had a shot that was not in uh, another match for a title or something. And it was, it was really one of those good spectacles. And you had those good moments like Stone Cold sitting on the top rope looking at his watch, you know, even though he put out a bunch of people, they may have been, in that instance, jobbers, but it was telling the story of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that was the message until Bret Hart's music hit and he threw his hands on his head and, you know, his, his tape was peeling off around his wrist and all you saw was, anxiety and then oh my god and then you just had that moment of those two just clanging and banging the only way that they could and that was the story or hbk in at number one and he's in there for 30 minutts and he's still hanging on and doing his Shawn michaels thing all over the place taking bumps and flipping and he's like oh no he's about to go out but he's still in there but you're telling the story of Shawn michaels not telling the story of it's big daddy cool diesel nothing against diesel I'm a Kevin Nash fan, but that is not the story you tell for that you need to tell for this generation going forward um, at the Royal Rumble. NWO can show up and beat down the winner of the Royal Rumble. Down with that, but you want to. We need the story. We need the big build for WrestleMania because again, and we'll talk about Raw really quick and SmackDown really quick. I am still very, very, very interested and seeing or finding out who the heck is going to be the headliner of the Hall of Fame. Because they're running out of people to headline the Hall of Fame. Who is going to put thirty to 40,000 plus butts in the seat in the same arena that they're going to have Raw the night before, well, two nights before WrestleMania? That's wrong. And you know you know who it is, but it's not going to happen. Not this who? year, at least. But you know who it is. Who? Go ahead and say it. Owen. No. Get 30000 If they could do it, Owen is going to put – you say Owen, he's going into the Hall of Fame, and he's going to be the only inductee that year because it's going to take three hours for everybody. You know what's killing me? It's not going to happen until after Brett passes. And I know it's – I don't want it to be that way. I don't want to, I mean, well, I know it's still a lot of, you know, Hart family, you know, they're not, they're still mad, which understandably so. I'm still mad. But it's it's really just, it's really just his widow, Martha. She's holding on, like, he was inducted into the Canadian Wrestling Hall of Fame, and she didn't even show up. Only person showed up was Brett. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand, you know, from a widower's perspective, how... You know, you can be stuck in that. I understand it. But she, from a conceptual standpoint, 
that was his life. And not in a negative connotation. That was his life. That is from birth. That was his life. So every decision, even crazy or non-crazy, was a decision that he made based off of his love for the love of his life from day one, which was professional wrestling. Now, what I'm mad about is if I could go back in time, was Brett, I understand that you got the bigger check. I understand that you may not be happy, but is WCW where you want to finish? Because that's not where his career should have finished. It's not going to peak up from there. I know Eric Bischoff and NWO and all that stuff. Like, no, Brett. The machine that built Brett, the hitman heart, was in the WWE. And that's where Brett needs to be remaining. Because if Brett would have stayed, and I know this is what, you know, in Brett's heart is, you know, he feels like if I would have stayed, I would have told Owen not to do that spot. Yeah. Until after I we saw Sting come down from the Raptors. Then we'd be like, that's how we need to do it. Or uh, Brett would have said, I know y'all are going to have the same people that uh, zipline Shawn Michaels down to uh, the ring at WrestleMania 12, right? No? Okay, Owen, you're not doing it. <laughs> if that ain't happening, then no, Owen, you're not doing that spot. You know what? I'm sitting here. They didn't put uh, Vader in last year, correct? No. There's your headliner no, right Vader's there. Not a He's great, but Vader is not a headliner. He's not going to put that many seats. Come on. Vader, Vader against Sting? Yeah, I got you. Vader against Flair? Yeah, I got you. That's 40,000, 50,000 easy. But Vader is a headliner for the, the Hall of Fame? No. This man part of the class. Four hundred pounds. Oh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a Vader fan. From the top I'm rope. A Vader fan. One of the best moves so far. His eye popped out in a match, and he pushed yeah. it back in. And those are the stories that get told as these, you know, inducted. He could be the next or the last person, but it's, that's not it. I said the the Hall of Fame ceremony is about dollars and cents as well as honoring because it's a, a revenue stream from a business standpoint that you don't have to have anybody do anything overtly physical. It's just what, you know, just swapping stories, talking about it. And people are paying to see the, the storytelling behind some of their favorite superstars, getting to see their favorite superstars dressed as real people and coming in as real people and see who the relationships are and, and all those things and ability to chant. Plus you're bottling up all the folks that couldn't go to fan access um, or that may not be going to WrestleMania, but I can get a ticket that's a little bit cheaper to the hall of fame. So I could be part of that because there's no floor seats. So that means that takes out a hundred dollars off the table in essence. So that means that well, your highest one, maybe what $65 or something. So the mid section is 40 to 30 nosebleeds is 15 to 20-ish. You know, not, not too bad of a deal to take a family out to see that and still get a great experience and get that feeling at the time of when you package it together. It's a business decision. So they need somebody that's going to put money in the pocket. 
you know, that's, that's just an easy revenue stream. You got the arena anyway. You already got it set up. So you got it for that day. Why not make the money off of it to help pay for <laughs> WrestleMania? <laughs> well, you, you know what? Between now and WrestleMania weekend, I said we make a list of who could headline that, 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 that class. And we do an entire show devoted to just the headliners. I mean, we, we, we'll put people that's uh, viable, that we know got a possibility of making it, not who we want to see. Well, the first one, I want to say it, but I know it's also I don't think he's ready because that's tapping out would be Taker. Mm. Taker's one. The Rock is one. Well, yeah, you there's your headliner right there. It's you not just... time yet. It's not time yet. He's not coming. He's not back. coming back. But it's not time. Yeah, that's that's one. That's the trigger that you pull when you when you're going to sell out uh, a stadium for Hall of Fame. That's who you. That's the trigger you pull. That's that level. That's epic level. That's everybody coming out epic level. You know, that's like. If we could find out the, the guest list of uh, who attended the, the go-home ceremony for Stan Lee, that's that level of lift, <laughs> you know, like the who's who of the generations would be there to, to honor, you know, like with Ric Flair, everybody was there and their mama was there, you know, they probably filled up the lower uh, part of the arena of just people that were there just to see Flair and then the fans. You know, that, that's, that's a lot uh, of people. But, you know, those are two names off the cuff. I know we talked about Owen. That's somebody that definitely deserves to go in. We just hope it happens at some point. The other one, the, the, the one that would supersede those two, but it, it will, I hope it's not going to be posthumously, uh, would be Vince McMahon. True. Um, unfortunately, I don't know who else. Uh, could be slid in. Then we also got the celebrity wing. Who would go on the celebrity wing? There's another one. Like, who would you induct uh, from that aspect? Um, there's a couple. I think, well, no, Maria Menounos needs to go in for the women's side or the celebrity side. Um, I think Victoria, because they've been snubbing her a couple times, needs to go in for the women's side because that would be a nod for Mickey James, Trish Stratus, Lita, Ivory, um, and her whole class uh, of superstars that were all part of when she was there, she definitely deserves to go in, uh, even though I think they may do somebody else. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to figure out exactly how this is going to play out. It'll be good, but I'm curious to see where they're going to pull um, this list from. And I know they're thinking about it now. They should be announcing it soon. Hopefully. Yeah, they'll start uh, in January. Because you didn't did, well, pretty much all of the big names from the 80s and all of the big names from the 70s, they've already been inducted. So you got to start hitting some of those Attitude Era stars. The big name Matt stars. Matt Hardy could go in. I mean, uh, when it comes to that, that's more on the 
Undertaker level. I don't want it to be over. I hope he comes back. Yeah, I hope so too. You know, to say, all right, that's it. Yeah, but we got the transition, and we're once again at that new cusp. The Attitude Era was that time period that transitioned into a generation. You know, it, it, it was an evolution of necessity. The women's evolution is a transition of the generation. It's an evolution of necessity. We are now at that moment where we have a new group of 10-year-olds, and we need to figure out what are they seeing. When we were younger, we didn't know who, again, Terry Boyle was. We knew Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was a real person. You know, Sergeant Slaughter was G.I. Joe. <laughs> and then somehow he was doing professional wrestling. He was larger than life characters. Razor Ramon went to WCW and changed his name to Scott Hall. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Not the other way around because that was the character that we fell in love with and that person went with them. And then at the Hall of Fame, we saw the person talking about the character. Goldberg was Goldberg and then came over to WWF and was Goldberg part two and then went in the Hall of Fame covering all of Goldberg, you know. But Bill Goldberg is somebody totally different from Goldberg that we chanted for. So it's the character and what characters are now, boy and girl, seeing that are going to be the same one that they're going to resonate with 20 those folks are going into the Hall of Fame. What characters, think about that, we should have a show on this too, what characters do we have right now that transcend the, 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 the test of time as a, a character? For the women, I would say Bailey is one because that's a clearly defined character. Charlotte is still discovering what role she's playing. They all, I know they was going, they like, this fool's going off. He, he's doing something. We got to stop him. <laughs> Would it cut me off? <laughs> Goldberg. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Goldberg was Goldberg. But what we need to figure out is what um, characters we have that will span the next 20 years that the 10-year-olds of now will be seeing going into the Hall of Fame. You know, the first one I could think of was Bailey because that's a clearly defined character that could go heel or face, but it's a clearly defined character. You know, she's she, Bailey. She's a hugger. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I love it. And then uh, Finn Balor is a clearly defined character that you can you can see. A- AJ Styles. Well, I, I mean, you know, yeah, a- former right. leaders of the no, Bullet I mean, Club. Right. AJ Styles is a clearly defined character. He's like in the same context of a Chris Benoit. Clearly defined character, but it's also AJ Styles. You know, he was the same phenomenal way in TNA and all the indies. Daniel Bryan, same way. Clearly defined characters. We need more strong, clearly defined characters. They don't have to be cartoony like the 80s, but just more characters that will be able to stretch and have the longevity instead of a reinvent of a reinvent of a reinvent of a reinvent of a reinvent. Kind of like Dolph Ziggler. So, mm-hmm. you know, we need those. Characters. And you said a name. You said a name that I know 
and I probably not in this lifetime that we'll ever see get into the WWE Hall of Fame, and that's Chris Benoit. The character could. But but what's because of what's tied to his name never will happen. But I always say this. I said one thing, nobody was there that 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 weekend, that night when it all happened, so you don't know what happened. You can only go by what they piece together and what they speculate. So uh, it's unfortunate all the way around the board, no matter how you slice it. But in the ring, it was not one person that was more technical than Chris Benoit. I may be Dean Malenko. And, and Bret but, Hart. Yeah. But that suplex, but, that's the original suplex city right there. Yeah. He would take you for a ride. That, that flying headbutt. I mean, you know, he I swear he was concussed every night because when he landed that, he landed that. Daniel Bryan, sorry, yeah. man, but yeah, Chris Benoit, he was the man on that one. Every night. Speaking of which, I gotta uh I gotta send a video to you so you can check it out. It was it's the parallel of uh Chris Benoit winning the title at WrestleMania twenty and uh Daniel Bryan winning it at uh, WrestleMania thirty. Mm. And how both of them won it with a kamikaze headbutt. And a crippler cross face. Yep. Hey, John Cena. You my you my man and everything. But you know that cross face issue I have with you? you may want to watch some tape on Chris Benoit. Because I thought he was killing people every time he locked that mess in. Yep. Every time. I thought he killed Triple H every, every time. Because the way Triple H tapped out, let me hurry up and tap out so he can every let go. Time. Like, God, man. It, that's just, it was just like he was just a monster mauling you like a dog and he just had you locked in and you just, yeah, you just tap on that one, man. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you that cross face is brutal, but what I was alluding to was, you know, if we have those characters, then we know what, what we can expect from the hall of fame. And then you can have stories built on a person that made the character. We're running out of characters for our generation of hall of fame. They're building what's going in the future, which is why we're at a, a cusp of a new transition. The women are doing their part, but the men and the, the main quote-unquote storylines have to catch up and do their part for the next part of this transition because the women will not be able to carry it on their own because they need to get their own opportunities instead of helping push along the guys for what we've seen the normal all the time. You know, if I can script out what's going to happen um, for the average, you know, we'll say the B team for, you know, a year, year and a half worth of sports entertainment shows and I'm 12, yeah, it's not going to work out too well. Because, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it needs to be something. If you're going to be the job squad, bring back the job squad. You know, Buddy Murphy should be the best not better, Buddy Murphy. What's the other guy? Uh, Kurt Hawkins should be the best loser. They are not utilizing him properly in that vein. It should be him and a segment standing next to Bill Goldberg. And Goldberg is, you know, like, yeah, I was 100-something and oh. He's like, really? I'm owing 100-something. Who's more dynamic? And they just walk away. That's where you just leave it. And that, thank you, Bill. We appreciate you doing that spot for us. And you build that up, you know. And then you have Hawkins talking to the B team. And you have, um, 
them B teams saying something to the tune of, we used to be like you and, and, and we used to lose a lot, but we believed, we believed. And now we're the B team, which is the oxymoron itself. You're not the A guys, you're the B guys. And Hawkins mm-hmm. is like, who wants to be a B? I'm being what all I can be now. If I'm a loser, I'm be the best loser. And the next thing you know, he wins the belt. And he wins the belt, and he's scared because should I take it? And you have like this weird, awkward pause of him deciding and reaching out for the belt. Everybody's cheering, but then he's like, no, 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 no. Because if he takes the belt, then he's now a winner. And then who is he? And then that's where you play off of it. And every single time he pulls like the Eddie Guerrero. And it's interesting because he'll be facing somebody. He could be, let him win a world championship. Why not? You know, he's facing somebody like Dolph Ziggler. And then, you know, Dolph hits him. But then he gets up and he hits Dolph and Dolph's down. And you think it's going to be a three count. But he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he grabs Dolph's arm and pulls Dolph over top of him. And then you get one, two, and then Dolph jumps up. Like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you trying to block my ideas, man? I was on it. I, I was with it all the way. I was on it. It'd be great, man. Hawkins, Hawkins could do it. They could play it up really well. And it'd be the most awkward, weirdest thing of him winning and not winning and, you know, him uh, hitting the spot and he's doing a cover and it's about to be one, two, and then he pulls a person over top of him. And then next thing you know, it's one, two, and they jump up. And instantly, like, what the hell are you doing? And instead of taking the win and winning the championship belt, they get up, and then somehow he accidentally gets the three count, and you have those moments. It would be the most hilarious, weirdest, awkward, wildest moments that they, they could create and, you know, build off of characters like that. Mm. I'm off my soapbox, man. I'm over it. I'm over it. Somehow in Raw SmackDown world, that was after shows. Um, and, you know, some of the biggest things is uh, from Raw that stuck out, just to go over it really quick, was the, the celebration party for Stephanie because Baron Corbin realized that he had a little bit of brawn trouble because Stephanie was like, well, you kind of did make the deal so you get what you deserve. So we, we had those moments. Um, or as Braun would say, welcome to Monday Night Braun. Uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks faced off against Nia Jackson, <sighs> Tamina back in her regular outfit. That's literally <laughs> what I wrote down. Tamina back in her regular outfit. Even though Nia and Tamina won, she was back in her regular outfit. But the heat on Nia was pretty big. She was in her outfit, which was fine. But Tamina, regular outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Nia just fine all the way around the board. Yeah. Tamina is good looking too sometimes. No, she no, doesn't look like you know, she should from. have the, 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 the eye cut in um, for her entrance because I think her looks she will give somebody a look and be like, yeah, you're about to kick my ass. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. And then I see the super fly and your face too. So I'm really getting the shit beat out of me. I am not Roddy Piper, and I do not like coconut. 
Um, awesome the, throwback right there. Awesome throwback. You're welcome, sir. You had the, the, the long stretch out of the cat and mouse game between Dean and Seth going on. We had um, Luca, Lucha House Party versus The Revival, which was all right. Just something there. Ronda Rousey's promo, which was – I really care what Ronda said. What I really cared about was the 50-50 part of half the crowd was cheering for Ronda. The other half was Becky, and sometimes the Becky part was louder than the Ronda part. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how she's looking to get some of Charlotte after she deals with Nia Jax at TLC, which you shouldn't be looking past Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 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 she's going to beat Nia. Oh, no, sir. Unfortunately, 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 because the bigger story has already been built. Charlotte v. Ronda at Mania or Royal Rumble? Well, let that be the under undercard because I don't, I didn't like that Nia Jax didn't get a long title run the last time. No, let that be the under. Well, I don't want that to be the main. She's not going to take that belt. That the machine is, she's is not going to happen. The crowd will. I mean, it'd be great for a swerve, and you know, just to really get the strong reaction from the crowd. But other than that, yeah, they will erupt. It'd be almost Batista winning the Royal Rumble all over again. And Batista came out the cheers when he came back. But yeah, no, no. That's not happening. Um, Mickey James versus Ronda. Unfortunately, the same thing like with Nia. Ronda's going to win because it's going to build the thing and the storyline. Um, I was happy with the Natty versus Ruby Riot match, even though I would like to see Natty heel turn. It's time. It's time. It's time. She needs to go back when she was a heel before, but just worse. And plague Ruby and a riot squad to the point where they're saying this chick is crazy. Please help us, Baron Corbin, so that way we don't have to deal with her. That would be sick. Um, and then the beatdown of Braun Strowman <laughs> with the quote-unquote shattered elbow. Why they did that angle, I don't know. So you think the shattered elbow is kayfabe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And I will give it to Corbin because he hit it in a way that was spot on. And I will give it to production because they shot it in a way that was spot on. But from a logistics perspective, kind of interesting that steel steps have an a indentation right where contact would be made. A. B, the position uh, oh, and the angle that the steel steps were dropped in would not be conducive to making contact on Braun Strowman. But you will get contact step on step. So that's what makes me believe it was kayfabe. But why? Because a shattered elbow takes him out of TLC, takes him out of potentially the Warrior Rumble. Or 
it puts him in the Royal Rumble as number 29 if Corbin is going to be in the Rumble, and that sets up Braun Strowman v. Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And it won't be over so fast this time. Right. So that it could be one or two outcomes with that. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But it was, it was, it was cool. I mean, like I said, it was all done, shot, and, 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 and produced well to where, you know, people there, I mean, you know, I'm quite sure somebody was crying. <laughs> like, why? Why? Why are they doing? Why? Damn it. Why? Why not? So then at SmackDown, Charlotte was the, 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 the best highlight of the whole show. Enjoyed every second of beating your ass. That was for SmackDown, and that was for Becky. That's all I need to hear. The rest of the show was downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> truthfully, I mean, uh, Charlotte uh, versus the Iconics. Yeah, okay. I mean, we, we know how that's going to go anyway. Um, the Miz TV with Shane on it, you know, I was like, okay, that was something, but it was just there. Um, New Day versus the Bar and the Thanksgiving Feast, okay, something was there. Um, Naomi and Asuka versus uh, uh, Sony Development, Mandy Rose, okay. Now, Daniel Bryan's promo was uh, just a hair behind Charlotte. And the only difference is Charlotte didn't need to say so much because she had the hype. She said what she needed to say, which is I enjoy beating your ass. And that was good enough because that was on the level of new character. Daniel Bryan had to tell a story and explain the transition from yes, yes, yes to yes, F you is what I'm calling it. Because it gives the, you know, the, the one yes and it's like, no, I'm, I'm done with it. Which the story went well, so long, but you know the the story that he told and and how he decided that he had to do it for him, and he was sorry that he lied to you, but you he was talking to himself. It was you know almost like a a poem of sorts, and I thought it went well and. You know, he was what I put down. He felt like he was forged through the beatdown from Brock Lesnar. You know, almost like you took a lump of coal and and grind it into a diamond. But remember, last week I talked about how Daniel Bryan needed to be a different Daniel Bryan in every single way. Right. He's starting to discover that because if you go back and look at it, look how he walked to the ring. Not the same Daniel Bryan motion, heel or previous face. I'm sorry, previous heel or previous face, Daniel Bryan. Not the same movement. How he got into the ring, how his hair was dressed, how he held his head. Everything was different from the norm in a way that was distinctive if you caught it. If you didn't catch it, you would have been like, you'd be confused as to who you were looking at. And all he needs to do is just transition his wrestling style with the exception of the running into the ropes uh, when he does the, the high drop kick uh, when a person's up against the turnbuckle. And uh, everything else, um, and then the knee would be his finisher, but everything else needs to be different. He needs to tap into his old indie and then go from there and then build from that. 
But other than that, you know, those are the two highlights, Charlotte and and Daniel Bryan. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like the the after uh, pay-per-view shows are not living up to the hype anymore. They're not keeping you on the same high. And it's been like that since Evolution. The show after Evolution was on fire. Mm-hmm. But every every show after that, after a pay-per-view, not, it's not there. Yeah, and sometimes a couple of the go-home shows were not as, as hot and heavy as um, it needed to be. And that's, like I said, we're at that, that time where, from a shareholder perspective, it's time to pay some strong dividends on what you're investing in and what you're expecting to get out, your return on your investment. Uh, your ROI. You need to see something from the drive towards WrestleMania. If you have the big box office guy like a Brock Lesnar and he's only performing in a major time, you know, limited date, what else are you doing in the middle to grow that? And we talked about it before, the need for another championship or the women's tag division championship, something. You know, we've got to fill in some gaps that we've got to have a larger transition into what the next stage will be for the men's side uh, on the main focus. The women, is, again, it's easy. Just keep doing what you're doing. But everything else, we have to figure that out. And we have to make room for these guys. You cannot keep Adam Cole and um, uh, those guys in NXT for too much longer. Velveteen needs to be called up. Aleister Black needs to be called up. Um, the rest of the Undisputed Era needs to be called up. Uh, some of the women um, need to be called up. There's a lot that needs to happen. And if they get called up, they do not need to be called up and instantly put an hour or two, and that's where you're left. That was the old, at the, towards the end, WCW mentality. All right, we're going to pack the Cruiserweights an hour or two. We're going to put Jericho an hour or two. We're going to do, you know, Norman Smiley versus Disco Inferno an hour or two for 15 minutes. And then, okay, then we'll do some hour three stuff and it'll be a little bit more better. Or the B team of the NWO is all an hour two. <laughs> because of Scott Flash, Norton, and um, uh, Buff Bagwell <laughs> and K-Dog. Uh, <clears throat> and then you have hour three. And it needs to really be something. So, like I said, the women need their own show, which you can do because you have your own network or streaming service that has the potential for live content because you've already got it in 205 Live. So women have their own show, or you can tape it. So you have a couple matches, but then you'll also tape matches on Raw and SmackDown days for the show and just put it together, produce it, and then put it out on Friday. And then that will free up more opportunity for everybody else to have moments. But it needs to happen. It has to be I would something. enjoy that. i tell you that. WWE Network for the next evolution needs to have strong content, not, you know, Edge of Christian shows and stuff like that. Even though they're great, Ride Along, I love. Camp WWE needs to have uh, about four or five more seasons. They need to stretch it out and get it out sooner, put some priority on it. But it needs Monday, no strong programming because you got Raw and it has to be on USA. Tuesday, 
same thing has to be on USA. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you need to have a show for whatever purpose on there that is live streaming and you build from there. That'd be awesome. Be great. I'll tell you that. And they also, if hopefully within this Fox negotiation that they did for SmackDown, it should be able to be re-aired on the network. That should be something they need to start transitioning into that ability for the re-airing. Hulu is great, but it's not yours. And needs to be, I should be able to watch Raw, add commercials, I don't care. But, you know, just like you would be on YouTube and then you have that mandatory 30 uh, second or minute commercial that would Okay, Daddy Vince, I'm gonna leave you alone. <laughs> Every time I get into some good tan- tangent or, or I start going off on something, they they push the button. Is Randy Orton in the dad going production truck again? He might be. Is it the NWO? Somebody's over there intimidating the people at Anchor. Like, push the button, push it. God, we gonna find out who's hating for real. That's going to be our new mission. Find a hater at Anchor. You, you know what? I always see that it happens when, when, when you you going off and you and it get real good. That's when it happens. Heck yeah, man. Like, who keeps hanging up the phone? I could have <laughs> swore we didn't graduate from the days that you on your computer and you yelling, do not answer the phone. Do not. But it's for me. Don't answer. Do, 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 do. And you just lost your connection. Like, God dang it. I could have swore we graduated past those days. I do not miss those days. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag dollar for life. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, that's, that's, a, that's enough of uh, the, 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 the tangent stuff today, man. But, yeah, there's some things that we have to see the transition for, and it has to come from this road to WrestleMania. This is pinnacle for WWE, in my opinion on what is happening because they, they can't keep the NXT people down any longer. Not saying that they are, but there has to be room for them where they have a legitimate run. And the first test is going to be on how they're going to play out Lars Sullivan because it's interesting that he's the first one to get called up when you have, you know, so much going on. Like, I don't understand why Gargano hasn't been called up. Um, I, he would have been my first pick. Um, if not Velveteen or, or somebody else, but you need the performance center. All those folks that are in their training have to start coming through heavily now, so that way pe- more people get called up. It has to happen, and it has to be smart, and it has to be well done to where people that were dominant and a previous champion are not a jobber within the first three months, and they're just there. It, it it can't be that way. It's been like that for so long. I mean, uh, will it will it ever change is the question, but it, it has to change because you can't keep holding talent down. Mm-hmm. And when Velveteen Dream finally makes it to the main roster, look out. Because he, if he's on Raw, he's going to steal that show. He is, he, no matter which way he goes, he has that potential. And there's nothing – that can diminish his rise but him. He's got to take full reins of that character like he is doing right now, and it has to be 
him writing in a Bray Wyatt fashion his own promos, him producing what it's going to look like, him driving that engine, him setting up the just like he's doing with his tights, setting up the, what the T-shirts are going to look like. He needs to be 100% all in on his character 24-7. He needs to be on Twitter tweeting and stuff like that and building the, the bigger stuff like um, Becky Lynch is doing. And if he does all those things correctly, consistently, then the sky's the limit on that character. He can have the longevity of Goldust, guaranteed. Guaranteed. What, what, what's Goldust going on? 22 years, 23? And still better than majority of the people on the main roster, character-wise. Him and R-Truth. And that says a lot. I can have Finn Balor and all these other folks on there, but the moment you have Truth, well, when Truth walked in to the Raw locker room, hate, 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 hate. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Every time, every time. I'm done, son. I'm done. Go ahead and tell them where they can hear us at. Oh, man. Right here on Anchor FM, uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, 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 Google Play, uh, Play Music, and in uh, Google Podcasts, um, Podbean, Podchaser, you know, Sideline Junkies, that running. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sideline Junkies. Now, I hope uh, you've checked your Twitter in the last couple of days there, Don. Yes. So, you know, we... With some Black Fridays and other stuff, you know, in uh, the the GameStop world. But, yes, uh, I did see uh, some some Twitter action there that you've been spearheading, which is pretty awesome. So, we got to... People to get in contact with and see what we can do. See if we can uh hashtag it and get this this, this hashtag give Don a chance rolling the way it should be. Cause any day now, Don should be getting a call from Stanford talking about, hey, we got a uh a Uber waiting for you to go to the airport so you can fly on up and meet the person that's shutting you down, pressing that button. <laughs> it was me all the time. Mr. McMahon, damn it. I should have known. <laughs> he he, he going to pull a mask off and everything. I knew it. I'm on swerve. You got me. <laughs> I, oh, man. Another Saturday. I know. I know. I know what we're going to do next week. I know how we're going to fix it. We are not going to recap Raw, SmackDown, or anything else next week. Next week needs to be the hypothetical show, the what-if show to take it back to some rest in peace, Stan and Manly, take it back to the comics where you had the, the Watcher and you had these great what-if scenarios happening, you know, what if Batman uh, fought Wolverine and, you know, all these other wild outlandish things, what if Professor X never lived, all that kind of crazy stuff. So I think we should have a what-if episode and we talk about what we would like to see if this was the scenario that was happening right now. What if Becky Lynch teamed up with uh, Nia Jax 
and Tamina, and they formed the faction of the baddest bitches on the planet. That's what it'd be called. What if they did that and just repeatedly for weeks beat up Ronda Rousey to the point to where her promo was she was in tears because they were standing behind her making her say something, and they beat her down so much that the baddest bitch on the planet, as Ronda would say, is now the baddest puppet on the planet. And then they kick her to the curb and then take her belt and make Ronda lay down and give Becky the title. You know, what ifs? I think we should have a what if show. Well, you know, in, in, the fa- in your famous words, book it. That's what next week is. Next week is the what if show. And expect in real time for them to press the button every five minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's a dude. <laughs> like, no, you got me again. Stop censoring me. God, where's Stevie Richards? That's probably we talked him up, and he's over here right to censoring everything we're talking about. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, you know, eh, but hey, if they censoring us like that every time you go off, that means they're listening. Mm-hmm. I'm good That's with that. Anchor corporate, like, look, man, stop cutting me off. I'm going to roll. <laughs> But next week, we'll have some fun, man. We're going to have the What If show and really just go ham on it. And I got a week to prepare for that. Oh, man. I'm going to wind up having like three, four pages of What Ifs. Hey, let it be what it's going to be. Who knows? It it hits the right ears. What If could be, I kind of heard something, and let's just make that what it's going to be. Let it grow. Now, with this What If, how far are we going back? Are we just sticking current What Ifs? Yeah, we'll do current. Oh, we're going to do current. Okay. Unless we could bring a, a past, you know, like a Chris Jericho into the current as part of the what if that would make sense, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, bringing Bam Bam Bigelow up into a what if, yeah, it won't work out too well. <laughs> <laughs> and I love some Bam Bam Bigelow, especially in WrestleMania, the arcade game. That flip was crazy. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm on a hunt for that game, for the, the actual arcade cabinet. I'm on a hunt for it. I know I'm going to have to pay a pretty penny for it, but I'm on the hunt. Go to Amazon uh, and get and look up Pandora's 5S. I think it's still $300, okay. over 1,200 retro games on there. It's a legit arcade setup without spending all the money for the cabinet, HDMI compatible. It's great. One of the best buys I did last year or this year. Talking like it's 2019 already. Mm. All right, then. I'm, I'm going to be on that. I, I got to sneak and go do that now. You can. I, I got to sneak and go do it. Then I'm going to I'm gonna have to uh, have it delivered to one of our, uh, one of the, the, the seven sideline junkie studios that we have. <laughs> you may have to. Because if, if I don't, I might be living in one of those other Seven sideline junkie studio. <laughs> oh, no. uh, you know, Santa's still out there checking lists and, and stuff like that. So if you somehow write a note and with a picture of it and make sure it's the one with uh, Ryu on the, the, the counter top plate. All right. Yeah, it's sexy, man. I want it. So I guess that's all the time we're going to take up tonight. I mean, I think in a perfect world, we could actually carve out four hours and just 
stop time and just go for four hours, but not until we actually get a a real radio show where we can actually sit on the radio for four hours and do our thing and get paid for it. Amen to that. And we control the button. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. So, with that being said, uh, don't forget to catch the football version of the Sideline Junkies tomorrow morning. We back at it. Uh, Got a lot to get into. Uh, So, we're going to do that tomorrow. But as for this morning, tonight, that's it for me. That's it for the Don. Y'all got a week to get these what-ifs together. If you got what-ifs, email us, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Yeah, I think we were long enough today that if somebody was traveling back home tomorrow on Sunday from uh, wherever they were at for Thanksgiving, we at least covered about two hours worth of travel. Indeed. And the words of the rock, what can we say except you're welcome? (laughs) And and that's with the, 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 the full cutouts. So how about that? Yep. We're going to get in trouble one day. I know BJ going to be like, can you all just condense your show down one week? Just one week. I'm like, man, God dang. You think WrestleMania 24-7? Even though you should do that again. He, he, he always asks me, say, well, how long was the show this week, man? I don't know. I ain't look at the time. I don't know. <laughs> We're trying to top each other every week. I mean, one time, we need three hours. Especially after a pay-per-view, so you got to expect it. <laughs> We're in trouble. Uh, yeah, tomorrow's going to be pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so we we, we go, go ahead and run for the border now. <laughs> Call us El Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until the next time, that's it. And you know what? I thought about something. Uh-oh. The WrestleManiacs. Oh, really? What you going to do, yeah. brother, when the WrestleMania acts run wild? <laughs> oh, geez. Hey, it's a thought, man. I got I to check that one out. That's just a subgenre of oh, sideline junkies. Hey, man. I'm glad you, we, you're doing this show at home because if you were ever anywhere else and then you come home at about this time, which is 1.31 in the morning, uh, man, your wife would think you out there cheating. Yes. Especially yes. if there was a in the town, but she probably would assume she would call Nia Jackson's room. Where's my husband at? You'd be like, please don't say nothing. Tell him I'm not here. Tell him I'm not here. You know me. Oh, he over here. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't doing nothing. I was just playing cards, baby. That's all. Heck yeah. Just playing cards. Heck yeah, because I'm trying to get him and I out of here because my boo here. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> There's a sock on the door now. Yeah, do not disturb. That's right. All right, let's get on out of here before, uh, you know, he might still be up and and the phone calls might start coming. Yeah. (laughs) So when the phone calls come from Michigan Control, we know we're in trouble. (laughs) Don't call, Uh. don't call. (laughs) So next week, good sir, I got a few things to send you. Once we're done here, I'll send them all to you. See what you think. Awesome. And then we will blow some minds next week on what if scenarios. And I'm going to dig deep into the recesses of my imagination and come up with some of the wildest crap y'all may 
not have thought of. And then guess what? In two months, it's all going to come to fruition. And then I want my check, damn it. Not really. Just, you know, I'll take a ticket to WrestleMania. That's good enough for me. For the beginning. That's just to get your foot in the door. Yeah. And then we all getting in. One person gets to the table, we all eating. Hey, I love it. All right, so that's all our time to the next time. Hope you enjoyed. Good night, everybody. Good night, one and all. Thanks for listening.